All right, I got John Gray on the show. He is the number one relationship expert in the world, PhD and famous author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. John, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, Joel. Thank you so much for having me on. Hey, you know, I know we're going to jump into relationships and, and hormones and polarities and all this fun stuff, but, you know, I was... I was really, th I was thinking about you because when I, every time I hear you talk and speak and read your, your books, I have the, one of the latest ones beyond Mars and Venus. And I just think, man, he's so grounded. He has it so put together. And, um, I was reading a, a book, uh, the book is called attached and the author in the book highlighted you and was actually talking about some of your work. And I want to read you one of the things that really struck me. It, it talked about, uh, just after Bonnie, your wife had given birth to your baby girl and it said that she had ran out of painkillers and you came home. And I guess there was somewhat of an argument, right? And you were frustrated. And she said, John, like, please don't go. Like, I'm like suffering. <laughs> like, I'm in, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I'm not the best in moods to, right now. And the author said that it helped. This is what she said. It, or and it, it's a two, I think it's two authors. So it said it helped bring him to the realization that his wife's well-being is his responsibility and sacred duty. Man, talk about that, about how I think as men, I've fallen into the trap of being married for 10 years. And I got to be honest, I was unconscious. I wasn't fully all the way in. I didn't think it was my sacred duty. I would let little things and mood swings piss me off. And I did a complete 180. And part of it was really having, I think, some of that mindset of like, this is my duty. This is as a leader, I need to do this. Was it the same for you? I'm, I'm just really curious how how this came about, the sacred duty. I, I'm sure she heard me give a talk about it. And when I talk to women, I use that language. I don't want to talk to men about that language, but I'm glad you picked up on that language. I'll, I'll talk about how men, you know, a wife was, hey, would you do this? He'll say, I'll do it later and then forget to do it. Yet these are the same guys that will sacrifice their life. I mean, you're emergency worker. You'll go right in there, risk your life to save people. And this is the woman of your life. And so part of, we get off on one of my biohacks. I got a, probably a new book I want to write called Biohacking Your Relationship. Uh, Let's go. And, and one of those hacks is just the, the context of recognizing this is the person I'd give my life for. But we start to take each other for granted. And without a doubt, you've been married maybe 15 years or something. And your wife says, would you do this for me? It's like, I get to it later. I get to it later. But if it was like a a, a, a was a hurricane coming and then trees were coming down. Honey, save my garden. We'd be right out there doing it. You know, we do the big stuff. What men don't realize is how important it is for a woman to feel loved for us to do the little stuff as well as occasional big stuff. And this is where I, you know, I, I'm going to give you the biology of this. But first, just as a, from Men Are From Mars, the idea was women are, whether they're conscious of it or not, they're keeping score all the time. Okay, they're, if you ignore her for quite a long time, she'll go, I did this for him. I did this for him. I did this. Look what he did for me. You know, he done nothing, you know, and of course that's just an exaggeration, but that's how it feels inside on an emotional level. I'm giving more. So then what happens is, so it's like they're, you have to understand the scoring system. Every time they do something for us or think of something nice for us, which they do, if she cooks your meal, you know, she goes, oh, I'm going to cook his favorite food. Then, oh, boom. I could be in a restaurant and my wife goes, uh, oh, look, John, they've got uh, mozzarella cheese, your favorite. She gives herself a point for that. When I realized that, I realized when I go to the restaurant with Bonnie, I would say, oh, look, honey, they've got goat cheese. She, oh, he remembers what I, what, 
quite mm-hmm. like, you know, these little things make a difference. So in a sense, when she does stuff for us, she gives herself a point. And when we do things for her, she gives you a point. So you get three basic points for being a married man. You went to work, no matter how much money you make, pretty much. You get a point for being for coming home or calling home if you're not going to be home. And then uh, and then for being married, you think, well, isn't that a big point? It is a big point, but it's like a golden point that now allows you to score a lot of little points. So I could bring her 24 roses. That's one point and one act of love. So think of it, men. Every act of love or affection or warmth or kindness, all those little things scores equal to every big act. Okay, now there's there's ben- benefits to big acts. When Bonnie turned 50, I scheduled a family, all the, the grandkids and everybody coming together at a resort in Mexico. But I did it very, that's only one point, but I got more points because I spent a weekend uh, searching on the internet the best place to go. So she could, you know, when people asked her later, how did you find this place? She says, oh, John spent two days on the internet looking for it and he got a deal, half price. Half price is a point, spending the weekend is a point, the second day was a point and the resort was a point. Then we took pictures while we're there, okay? So so every time she shows the picture, you get a point. So there's a system here of basically nurturing the hormones of happiness and women, little things as well as big things, but you can't do big things every day. You know, I do four hugs a day. Every time I give her a hug, that's a point. Non-sexual hug gets a point. So that's a point. Every time I find her, like she'll be hiding in the house somewhere. I find, honey, I want to give you a hug before I go to work. So I go find her, that's a point. Give her the hug, that's a point. And for the hug, it's a six-second hug. Now, why say six seconds? Just a nice connection, enough to take a deep breath, relax, connect. Why six seconds? They even found that with women, this wonderful hormone called oxytocin, which helps them to relax and feel safe. It's a safety hormone. It goes up after six seconds. So a quick hug doesn't do much, but six seconds, you get a point. (laughs) So it's like finding ways to score points with women. And now what are we actually doing biologically? It's like there's a bank of scoring up. So if you scored 50 points, then let's say you do a minus 10 point, it doesn't matter. (laughs) He didn't call on time or he left his shoes in front of the TV once again. You know, he forgot to turn out the light or, you know, whatever it is, the little things are the challenges in relationships. And, you know, we don't notice little things as much. You see, that's the dynamic. What we notice as men is little complaints. You know, it'd be like, you forgot to do this. You didn't do this. John, you and women don't realize what, a, what an insult that is. You know, I'm the guy who did all this big stuff. I'm the emergency worker. I went in and saved people. Imagine people you saved. And they said, yeah, but you got dirt on my carpet. <laughs> you kind of go, what? <laughs> it, it's, it's so we don't see, well, what we see is we do our best and then we don't do little things. It's kind of like some guys will say, you know, I did the whole dishes and she looks at a glass and say, we forgot to do this or you didn't get this. You kind of feel like, wait a second. Now, why do many men have that? I can't say every man has that. I can't say every woman has that. It's a buffer, you know, put this in a context. These are common things I've seen after 50 years and many married couples and particularly if you're a couple and you've got children, you can really relate to these things. If you're single, you may not fully relate to it. But if you go back to the time when you were in a relationship or living with someone, it shows up pretty clearly. So that's the scoring points thing. So I bring her 24 roses, one point. Bring her one or two or three roses twice a week or, or every every week, something like that. Not not always having your secretary do it, but she knows you were out. You got, that, <laughs> you, you got it done. Those little expressions of love. And maybe for some women, roses aren't it. 
But there's always little things that you want to over with in the beginning. And those are the things that keep filling up sort of the bank account. Now, the bank account idea is hormonal. This is all hormones. So let's go into the science of biology and biohack that. This is the whole key. To I, I love this, John. And yeah, let's go into it because when you wrote this book back in the day, this one blew my mind and I never equated. I had no idea these hormones were playing a key role and uh, it really changed the way I showed up. Just the six second hug you you talked to me about. I started implementing that way back when you told me about that. And it was just those little things, man, add up in a major way. So yeah, I can't wait to hear what you're going to say about and, this. And, it, and it's six second hug, but four times a day. You know, it's the comings right. and goings. He said, that's when it's most rich. When I come home from work, my kids would run to me. And the first thing I learned to say to them is, where's mom? Because she would be at home quite often or she wasn't. I play with the kids. But just the fact she's number one. And not only did it affect her in a positive way, affect the kids in a positive way because they realized mom is number one with me. She, Bonnie would say to me, sometimes she'd complain. She'd say, uh, kids aren't listening to her. They listen to me. Well, you know, I'm the guy, they've been missing me all day. So I get a lot of, oh, finally a break and everything. So there's a lot of uh, newness when I would come home. They're with mom. This is when they're young. She, they're, she's there all the time. So anyway, I, I thought about it and I realized, okay, what are some things I can do to help the children respect mom? You know, when mom says dinner's ready, you go. You don't just wait around and whatever, come in the dinner. And the kids weren't listening to her. And I noticed that I'd be on the computer and mom would say, dinner's ready. And I'd say, okay, kids, go on in. I'm gonna, I gotta finish some emails. You see what that did? That said, mom's not so important. So I started just when mom would say dinner's ready, boom, they see me just jump. And they started realizing there's a equality here. You know, you got to listen to mom too. And when I come home from uh, work or whatever, I would always, the kids want to hug me, come close to me. First thing I'd say is, where's mom? And we sort of, they'd all trail along as I go off to mom and give her a hug. Even the dog knows, bark, 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 and barks towards mom. <laughs> I don't even pet the dog, basically. <laughs> She's number one. These little things had a big effect. I mean, telling you, it was amazing. So like in the new book that you're just mentioning, Beyond Mars and Venus, I basically point out a lot of our problems today are when women are being more independent, which is a good thing for many women. They love it, the freedom, the power. I was just uh, in a week work a workshop and I was talking why men like to punch the pedal. You know, that raises testosterone. Men need to make 10 to 20 times more testosterone than a woman. Otherwise, we are stressed. And the stress can show up as... Uh, what most people think of stress is you're frustrated or you're anxious about something, but also passivity. Just sitting there doing nothing is actually you're producing stress hormones. Uh, so whenever men are passive, irritable, grumpy, or even angry or have anxiety or they're procrastinating, all those aspects, if you measure a man's testosterone at that time, basically it will be lower than it should be because testosterone gives him motivation. It gives him ambition, it gives him libido, it gives him uh, detachment, it allows him to look at things to make sense. Men always read my books, they always say, that makes so much sense, that makes so much sense. When you can't make sense of your wife, your testosterone goes down. When you can understand, and it makes sense, I understand women now. So she's gonna, one of the things I understand about women is how important it is for them to feel heard. Now, right when I wrote Men Are From Mars, the biggest complaint is men don't listen, men don't listen, men don't understand, men don't understand. And we understand a lot, what are you kidding? You know, we're smart people, but we don't understand the psychology of a woman's biology. 
Because when a woman is stressed, there's if you measure her biology, the females that are healthy for her at that time in her cycle and afterwards, they're still important, but we're just going to focus on cycling women. That means they're having their period, they're ovulating, their body's capable of making a baby. If you don't make the hormones, if she's not making the hormones necessary to make that baby, the whole process, the hormones are changing all month, then her level of happiness is limited. Her ability to sustain attraction to a man is limited. Her ability to enjoy her life is limited. And so what we, we just, and we know that when a woman's estrogen levels, for example, are too low, always when her estrogen levels are too low, she's producing stress hormones chronically. So what we want to do is men understand she needs more estrogen sometimes. Sometimes she needs more progesterone. That's after ovulation. She needs more progesterone. Before ovulation, after her period, she needs more estrogen. Most men don't know this stuff. Most women don't always know this stuff. And most importantly, people don't know how relationships, intimate relationships, child, relationship with children, relationship with work, relationship with God, or higher power, or spirituality, relationship with recreation, relationship with teachers and learning. Those are, I've, those are specific relationships and with their body. Those are all stimulating different hormones in your body. So the, the great thing about uh, a relationship with a romantic relationship is that it can knock your, ester your, your, your hormone levels to the highest level of fulfillment, which we often call that orgasm or orgasmic, ecstatic, for a brief moment. You don't have to be ecstatic all the time, but hey, you got your moments there and that, that makes a difference. So if we can simplify it down, and there's always a little variation in this. For example, men need to make 10 times more testosterone than women. Otherwise, they're going to be somewhat stressed and their best mood is not going to be there, period. Now, 10 times more. Now, some men need 15 times more. Some men need 20 times more. It all has to do with their temperament, their personality traits, and the width of their shoulders. Shoulders. You need more than me. I'm just looking at your shoulders. Also, I know what career career you did is you want to make you want to save people's lives, basically. So you, now you're coaching people, helping their lives in that way. But that's a hero mentality. Now, every man has the hero mentality, but not necessarily as much as others. And what it just means is you need a relationship, you need a job, you need a family, you need your work, your recreation, that all of that would be optimal for stimulating testosterone. And then you're feeling great all the time. That's the key for men. Now, the key for women is if you look on the charts, this is all I did, look on the charts, estrogen levels. Of a, of a woman when she's not stressed, you can see this very easily in some research, when she's not stressed, her estrogen levels will be 10 times in the range of around 10 times higher than a man's estrogen levels. Keep in mind, they are, they're gradually rising up as she gets closer to, to ovulation. But it's about five days before ovulation where now her estrogen levels have to start doubling. And what happens when estrogen doubles is women become more aware of their need now, look at the logic of brilliance of nature. If you're going to get pregnant, you need to be aware that I need a man to make me pregnant, okay? So even research studies show that a couple, couple of days before ovulation, as her estrogen will naturally go higher unless she's stressed. If she's stressed, it won't make it up. But if it makes it up, gets up there. They even found that women are more attracted to men with higher testosterone, 
Okay, so, and they do that by smell tests because when you're, depending on your testosterone levels, your smell, and they did t-shirt tests and they found that women were turned on by the men who had higher testosterone. This is also amazing. You know, we actually have up here in our nose, we have a little flap and that little flap measures pheromones. Women can have, they have their flap, which measures, does he have testosterone? Men have one that says, does she have estrogen? And research has shown that when women's estrogen levels go higher, closer to ovulation, his testosterone automatically goes up in response to her. So there's kind of a back and forth experience. You, you could have a man with just high testosterone, a woman's not necessarily attracted to him, but if that man in her presence, his testosterone goes up. That'd be like when you say your wife is your sacred person, this is my sacred duty to do this. You know, this is important stuff. This is, even if it's little, it's important stuff. She's the sweetheart of my life. You know, she's my other half. That kind of feeling importance to her, that raises your testosterone. It's kind of like if an, if an important person comes into your house, you kind of go, oh, let's clean up the house. Let's do, do, do something. Well, we, we need to have that testosterone bump up with our, with our wife, which is hard to do. Okay. This is, this is why so many couples aren't having sex because in the beginning of a relationship, you naturally get dopamine. Okay. Now dopamine, anytime you're an experience of new and different, challenging, uh, New and different, simple as that. When dopamine goes high in response to a woman that you have some attraction for, then what happens is your dopamine goes so high, almost like a little bit like cocaine. For men, their testosterone goes very high. Just, oh, like if you think about the first time you had the moment with your wife, man, that's amazing stuff. So that's your testosterone going high along with your estrogen going up. See, it's, it's, it's hard to have... Estrogen go high. Estrogen is love, it's emotion, it's happiness, it's joy. So I have a lot of estrogen. Anybody who's happy has estrogen. But if your estrogen is too high and you're a man, your testosterone goes down. So it's kind of like a seesaw. When women are high on testosterone, their estrogen goes down. And when men, women are high on testosterone, as at work, if it's after ovulation, their progesterone goes down. That's why so many women are having problems uh, when they do have problems, like suicidal problems, depression problems, it usually starts up right before her period. That's PMS, you know, right, right at that time, because that's when she needs progesterone. And progesterone gets produced when you're happy, when you're doing what you like to do. Estrogen gets produced when you feel, uh, I anticipate getting what I need. Okay, this is a tricky thing for women because they don't want to feel need anymore. <laughs> they don't want to feel too dependent because they would, they don't want that. But actually, what produces estrogen is when you're in the presence of someone or some situation which is giving you something that's important to you and you can depend on that person. Say, so if you can depend. So think about a woman undressing. She doesn't want to undress in front of anybody. She wants to, first of all, undress in front of someone that she feels safe with. They're not going to judge her. They're not going to take advantage of her. They're going to treat her like a goddess to a certain extent. You know, this is the angel of my life. You know, if she was to say to me, would, you, would their clothes partially off? <clears throat> Do you think I'm fat? I say, honey, you're perfect. See, you say, you don't say, hey, you know, I got a new supplement you can take. You can do that at another time if you're a counselor in that way. But you don't say, well, you're not going to the gym these days, you know. <laughs> it's not the time to do it. Yeah. So this is called vulnerability. You know, we all, women today are like this word vulnerability is showing up more and more. It's the opposite of what you feel when you're independent and you're on your own and people can say things and do things that it doesn't affect you. Vulnerability means I'm giving you the power to influence me. 
Okay, that's like, think about making love. I don't give any woman, I don't get turned on any women. 72, I'm always turned on to my wife if she's in the mood. And that's another whole talk on enlightened sexuality where she's almost always in the mood. You can do this once you learn how to score a lot of points with a woman. What separates a human woman, one difference between a human woman and an animal female is that animal female can only experience the doubling of her estrogen uh, when she's in heat, which means when her body can make a baby. But with the right husband, uh, somebody who's devoted to her, sharing with her, un understands the biohacks of relationship, you can keep her estrogen levels high all the time. And after ovulation, her progesterone levels high, along with high estrogen. When you can start doing these biohacks, which we'll share, then a woman can be orgasmic every day, okay? even during her period, or it can be a little messy. Uh, this is... <laughs> need a lot of towels for that. But anyway, the, the, this is phenomenal. See, that's we can generate. I think you're inspiring a lot of people because I, th I think people would be saying, come on, John, you're crazy. 72 years old and you can have sex whenever you want. And it's you're still connected. You're still, in, you know, enriched and expanded and, and open like no way. So I love that you're you're dropping it down and saying, yeah, this is absolutely possible. If you have the skills and you know what you're doing, you understand you the You have to know the biohack. Yeah. And these, some of these are really old, old from thousands of years ago. If, you know, I've studied Taoist uh, sex and, and been to China for 10 years and studied India. I was a celibate Indian monk for nine years. You know, I'm really into the whole spiritual side of things. And then it turns out that most spiritual teachers don't know much about relationships. You know, the, you know, that most of them, a lot of them are single and, kind of up, they sort of did a, a, a emotional bypass. I won't say all, but they're kind of like very high, but do actually get along with their kids and everything. So I got my, whatever my enlightenment is after at 29 with my teacher, Maharishi, and he was a celibate monk. I wanted to be just like him. And then I kind of like, okay, now what's, what am I supposed to do? Find something new to teach that he doesn't teach. And that was my whole exploration was relationship, more enlightened sexuality, more enlightened relationship, bring it to another level. Cause we're all going to another level. Now the world's changing dramatically, you know, yeah. is women being in the workplace, a bad thing. Absolutely. No, not, but it's a massively stressful thing for women today because they haven't let men have not learned and women have not learned how a man has a superpower to raise a woman's estrogen levels. This is like very important. And in some cases, a woman looks to a man for that, but then she gets too attached to the man and forgets that she needs girlfriends, she needs children, or she needs to be being selfless towards somebody. It could even be a pet, but being selfless is very important. I mean, for me, when my, by the way, I'm referring to Bonnie all the time. Bonnie died four years, five years ago. And one of the things that sort of brought me back to myself was dating. That was one thing. Because the brain get atta gets attached to that person as the source of love. You have to start gradually giving other people the source of love. I'm remarried now. But in that transition, having a dog was really good for me. Because, you know, mm. so interesting. What the dog does is I have to get up every morning and walk the dog. as a big dog. I have to feed this dog. And then I have to walk him again and feed him. You can't just sit back and grieve and feel like I don't want to do anything anymore, which I was devastated for a while. But I learned so clearly how important it is for everybody, a mature person, to have someone who's dependent on you or something that's dependent on you 
that you're not getting anything directly back. I mean, there's in a sense, it's like a child. You have to give to the child. If you don't have children, you need to find something that is dependent on you. That's one need, just like we need for intimacy. It doesn't produce these ecstatic levels of estrogen, but we're not supposed to be feeling that all the time. Uh, but you did come back to me and you said, I can have sex anytime I want. The difference between me and my friends at my age, they don't want sex. Okay. I, I, I totally enjoy sex. I'm not hunting for sex. You know, I have it. And because I feel the bank up of my wife of lots of points, okay, I know what she needs to feel really good. And in doing that, part of what it looks like for, for married men, been with your wife, there's just times when they're, they, don't, they don't make sense to you if you don't understand women. They'll get upset about things that a man would never get upset about. He doesn't even see. You know, I'll, uh, you could be 10 minutes late for dinner. If it's a bad day for her, she might say, why didn't you call? You should have called. I was worried. You should, you know, am I not important to you? And then most men go, well, it was just 10 minutes. Or you give some other good excuse, a, a reason, you know, I was, I was giving a talk, you know, and the press was there. You know, there's, there's important reasons why you're late sometimes. But at that time when she says, why didn't you call? I say, I hear you. Next time I'm going to try better. That's it. I don't give excuses. I never give mm. excuses. You know, it's a very masculine thing. And I remember back in the days as a young guy watching Clint Eastwood movies and various cowboy movies, the woman always misunderstands the man and the man never explains himself. It was like, it's below yourself to write excuses. It, men have forgot. We, a lot of men haven't forgotten. They never learn masculinity and you don't get angry at a woman. You never express anger at a woman. We've become so, mm. what do you feel? Express what you feel. What rea the reality is historically when men are angry, they're violent. And by the way, what's going on inside of anger is his testosterone levels are dropping and his estrogen levels are higher. See, this is all see, emotion, positive or negative, is estrogen. And estrogen is counterforce to testosterone. One of the few times when you can actually have super high testosterone and super high estrogen, which is the balance of your masculine and feminine sides, which is ecstatic, it creates ecstasy, is in making love. Think about in making love, you're completely... A masculine, as long as you're hard, okay, you're hard, you're masculine, your testosterone is peaking at that point. And at the same time, you're making massive estrogen levels because you're feeling love for your partner. So that's what allows me to last. I can, you know, I playfully have given talks called the iron penis. Okay, so <laughs> I have to tell you this joke just for fun. I was giving a biohacking conference and I just happened in my hotel, there were three uh, iron men. So these three iron men and their wives, and so I was just sitting down. They didn't know me. I didn't know. We introduced, and finally, I was listening, learning about them as they told what all these great endurance things they can do. Then they asked me what I, well, what do you, what do you do, John? Well, I'm the iron penis. <laughs> but but I've, I've tested it out. You know, if you practice my high level of enlightened sexuality, what what am I? I I heard about a Taoist master who could do eight hours. And, and the woman, she's constantly producing enough hormones. So with my wife, I did 10 hours, just to, my competitive nature, you know, just, and, and this is, this is having advanced skills. It starts with, and I, and I can give the first biohack, the first biohack to be able to do something like that. Not that I do it all the time. I really did it like running a race, but uh, if you're doing it every day, you just don't have time in the day. But the, the bottom line of it is it starts out with, you're no longer having sex for pleasure. Everybody, you know, I see all these books on how to increase pleasure, how to increase. It's good. It's the point of you is pleasure. What is the point of pleasure? 
like if I eat a bowl of ice cream, what's the point of that? It's just pleasure, right? And and then you get fat, all right? So, <laughs> you know, we're above pleasure. You know, I give treats to my dog. It's pleasurable for her. We are beyond that. So we ask ourselves, well, why then do we want sex? It's always I ask why about everything. Why do I want sex if I'm not an animal and my, or if I don't want to make a baby? The reason I want to make sex, what I want to have sex is it's pleasurable. But what's the point of having the pleasure? I can have pleasure with ice cream. No, the pleasure is, is allows a man to get in touch with his feelings. See, mm -hmm. the higher testosterone levels are in a man, often the harder it is to fully feel what you feel. Because we have all that testosterone, testosterone, estrogen, they're like this, they go back and forth. What we're trying to do is get them both at the same time to go really high. And that would be like an example of both, I'm having a really fun time talking to you, Joel. And at the same time, I'm making points. I have a goal I want to achieve. I'm aware of the town. I want to make, make a difference. See, that's all of our goal setting, but also to be not stressed at all on the other side of it. That's the yin and the yang together. Right. So the purpose of sex is to, to, be, to help use sex to help you get in touch with how much you love your partner. Now, this doesn't work if you're not with someone you love. This is not your one night stand. This is not, <laughs> this is not practicing Taoist sex with masturbation and some, something online. You know, this is, this is, you know, you want to rise above that. Um, I've been through all that. I'm a teenager, you know, it's part of my life, but you, you kind of outgrow this stuff if you want to have the good stuff in life. And then when you retire, then it's even fantastic because you have hours you can spend making love. It's a fun thing to do, but you have to, you have to start prioritize. This is my time to express how I feel. And so you express how you feel because you have the general satisfaction is down south. You want to feel the love, use the pleasure to feel because whenever you're feeling something, you have no resistance to it. So you can feel it more You know, pushing it away. You're feeling it. And then when you're feeling it, you articulate it. So as somebody said in my uh, work, workshop this week, you mean you want me to talk in sex? I said, yes, you got to talk in sex. Okay, well, talk in sex. But you... You organize it so that you practice what you're going to talk about outside the bedroom. And one of the basic things to, that I suggest, and this is, it's a stretch for a lot of people in a short period of time. Normally, I'd, I'd be teaching on the second day of the workshop, but it's one of my favorite hacks is your wife says to you, and you practice this outside the bedroom first. It's kind of like the hug, right? You go give your partner a hug. Well, and it, it can happen when you, after the hug or with the hug or just any other time. Once a day, a woman practices saying to her husband, do you love me? And he says, yes, it's a script. You have to follow the script. You'll see it work. She says, do you love me? He says, yes. She says, how much do you love me? He says, with all my heart. She says, are you happy you married me? Yes, I'm happy I married you. <laughs> do you have any regrets? I have no regrets. Do you still think I'm beautiful? Yes, I think you're so beautiful. So like this couple who was a little challenged during the workshop this weekend, at the very end, I had them do it in front of everybody. She says, do you love me? Yes. As opposed to, of course, or why do you think I do all these things? Or what? It's just a straight answer. And, and it's not that she's not, she's not saying, I don't think you love me. See, if you're not doing it as an as a, as a intentional increasing hormone dynamic, what happens if a woman was to say to her husband, honey, do you love me? Why would you ask such a question? I do this for you. I do this. And it would come across as criticism. But if we yeah. just point out the reality is that when a woman gets a message that she is loved, clear mess words, it raises her estrogen. It just raises her estrogen.
and it raises a man's testosterone. And this couple who did it, I just did, they just did three, three levels of the script. You know, do you love me? Yes. How much do you love me with all my heart? Do you still think I'm beautiful? You are the most beautiful creature God could have ever made. And they both started crying and the whole room started wow. crying. Okay. Wow. Uh, you, you just can't, and after you do it for a while, you feel like, oh, there's nothing to it. Keep doing it. You want to, it's like meditation. You know, I'm a big meditator. I can go into trance. Actually, I'm in meditation right now, but I could also go to a deeper level in an instant. Because I've done it for 50 years. Back before I mm. had sex for 10 hours, I could meditate for 10 hours. Very easy for me. Once you get through practicing, you have to develop the channels where it's like you're in the flow state. and You can develop that. Well, this is another one. To develop the flow state of expressing what you feel inside, not just through your actions, but also in your words. Because, you know, when you express sex feelings, it comes through your heart, into your, into your mouth. It comes all the way up and becomes a whole body experience. So she basically, after you practice those things outside, then when you're inside of her, uh, she continues to do it. And you, she, she, she might have been, you know, what it's about is vulnerability. You know, on the simplest level, you're being vulnerable if you took off your clothes, right? And then that turns men on. And for teenagers, take off the clothes. Oh my God, I saw something nobody else has seen. That's called vulnerability. And you only do that with certain people. So the person who loves you the most, it becomes a special thing. That creates this intimacy. Now, that's just the physical, but we went there with the sex thing. I have biohacks everywhere. That will extend your ability as a man to last longer with a woman. You're not going to go 10 hours or whatever. But what happens is you're balancing your testosterone and estrogen because she is going high. For, for her to say, do you love me? It's a huge risk. Okay, a lot. So I have to often explain it to women. And how they can explain it to their husband if he's not hearing what I have to say. But the concept is this, how a woman could approach a man. Honey, I love you so much and you are so amazing. And sometimes I feel inadequate to you. I feel insecure. You're so, you give so much, you do so much. And I feel like, why would you love me? Okay, this is the opposite of your, you know, alpha woman. Everyone should love me and you have a problem if you don't. This is called vulnerability. Everybody's got vulnerabilities. I've got vulnerabilities. As successful as I am, imagine I taught a class and everybody got up and left. I feel so terrible. Okay, why would I feel so terrible? Because I have, I have, I have the need for reassurance that I make a difference. That's what gives testosterone to go up. When you look at how many people sign up for your course or how many people you've accomplished, how much money you make, how many people you serve, all that are what I can fix and do. We're, as men, we need reassurance all the time that we make a difference, that we're successful in something. Why? Because that raises testosterone. Women also want to look for success and whatever, but it's not essential for their well-being. What's essential for their well-being and hormonal balance is reassurance that they are loved. That's why men is like, oh my gosh, she's so needy and demanding. And I can, you know, th this is what they need. You know, <laughs> it's, if you provide a lot of it, they don't become needy. The needy is saying, I have needs and you're not meeting them. Happiness and love is I have needs and I can depend on you to be there. You are yeah. there for me. And right now you're there for me. So it's for women to open up. The hack is just to just try it. Don't judge it. Just try it. You'll see and repeat it and repeat it. And it becomes a comfort zone to go, do you like me? Do you think I'm beautiful? Do you love me? Are you happy to be with me? Because there's no woman in the world that doesn't look in, maybe there's exceptions, who doesn't look in the mirror and say, how does my hair look? 
How's my skin looking? Look at these wrinkles. Look at this. Am I, am I lovable? Okay, even on a physical level. But then emotionally, women hide so much inside of themselves. Uh, you know, as a, as a child, one time I was, I was stealing something, but I didn't tell my parents about it. So when my parents would give me lots of love, and they did, Inside, I thought, oh, but if you knew I stole that that those that little pack of quarters, this is a young kid, you know, I stole a pack of quarters, took those pack of quarters and went to the grocery store. Okay, so if you knew I stole those quarters, you wouldn't love me. So that becomes mm -hmm. a block from receiving. So women have a lot of stuff going on. They have overreactions from time to time. That's all a, a symptom of estrogen. And when they do that, if it's going on inside, then if you're loving them, they go, yeah, but if you really knew how I was feeling there, <laughs> you wouldn't love me. So they're pushing mm -hmm. love away is the point I make. And all you have to do, that's kind of a resistance. And how a woman could relate to that is maybe your husband says to you one day, oh, honey, you're so beautiful. And then she goes, well, not, not really, you know, or put on some extra pounds. Or you say, I love you so much. She might say, well, then why did you, uh, why were you late for dinner? Or why did you talk to that person? Women have resistance. We all have resistance, okay? Her women's resistance is to receiving love. But when you say, do you love me? The action of doing that negates your resistance because you're, you know, you're, the resistance to is I don't, I don't want to have to ask for it. And that's any woman who doesn't want to ask for it, you can know that, okay, that's because there's a deep part of you that's afraid if you say that, he'll look at, look at you as a needy person, one. And if it's not in this context that we're talking, it would be needy. If your wife like, do you love me? Do you love me? Honey, <laughs> get over it. You know. But now we know that when she asks and he does, estrogen goes up. This is the most profound thing, more than if you just said it to her. And I've had so many women confirm this. You know, my husband says it all the time. Men will say it all the time. But then the, when the woman starts asking for it in this context, then and a man follows the script, has a bigger impact. It's powerful. And then when you're having sex. Once you're inside of her, randomly continue doing that. There's a lot of other biohacks there, but that one is so good. And it really puts our lives in the context that sex is this most beautiful thing that allows us to feel the love that's in our heart. And I'll, I'll say this one simple thing. There's one book out there, and maybe some others too I've heard, is where the author describes love. And he's an expert. He says, you know, love is not a feeling. It's a behavior. And you can have loving behaviors without a doubt, but it is a feeling. And the easiest way for a man to feel love, and I've asked so many men, and I'll ask you, when you're inside of a woman, when you're having sex, do you feel more love? Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Because you can feel more. If, if people could know this, but feeling more, she doesn't know that. You need to express it. And it's not going to go into her unless she says the script, which is, do you love me? Do you like me? Are you enjoying this? Will you always be? Will you always love me? That's a really powerful one, which is, will you always love me? Because that can kick into a man's logical side. Well, honey, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, if somehow you <laughs> turn into a demon, I, <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, so, but, so you have to, this is not logical. This is follow the script of heartfelt things to say. Like, it's like poetry. <laughs> and if will you always love me, honey? I love this because I was just joking with my wife the other day. She used to ask me this all the time. She would say, 
uh, I would say, oh, I love you. And then she would say, how much? And that used to annoy me so yes, much. I'm like, yes. why are you asking me? Like you, <laughs> like I, I it, and, and now I can smile and I can, I can, I can totally be there with her. But uh, we were joking how that used to just drive me nuts. And she would, oh, she would ask like daily. Okay. But how much do you love me? And I'm like, Come on, man. And, uh, but this, so I love this. This is great. And it, it just changes it's the that context. Connection. This is how you, changes you, the you context. fool her. You fool. And for a woman to know, okay, women might be thinking, what can I do for him? First of all, doing this process is doing something for him because you're already opening up your vulnerability, which says, do you love me? You are needed in my life. You are important in your life. Your love is important in our life. And it's a restructuring of our consciousness because historically men were more masculine women were more feminine they didn't have this switch over where women can be masculine men can be feminine see the world has changed when women got birth control kabang they're off being independent going to their yep. male side and when women go to their male side it tends to gently nudge men over to their female side we tend to become a little little more exhausted and lazy around them if they're so busy being overwhelmed all the time I'm sure yep. you've had that experience. She's, we have to oh, yeah. do this and this and this, and you've got magnets on your butt. <laughs> there's a polarity, you see, there's, a, there's yes. a balance there. And also, if a man's more on his female side, uh, that, that is when you have magnets on your butt. Basically, you, you feel more passive. You don't have the motivation you had in the beginning. That's okay. It's a natural go-to place. It's just don't go to it too much. But we can easily get stuck over there. Just like women, when they go to their male side, they get stuck over there relationships can help us to come back. And one is that dynamic of, do you love me? The, the reason that's so important is that emotional fulfillment is the new need that both men and women have to stay together. Survival was the primary thing that kept us together. A woman was pregnant, could have babies, was raising children. She needed other women to help her. She needed a community. She had a man. She didn't have all these emotional needs for a man. It was more financial and physical, you know, protection. But as soon as women can provide a lot of what men used to provide, now what do they need? We get into survival, out of survival. And the same thing for men. Once we're out of survival, uh, which then suddenly our emotional needs become more important. And we don't, we don't know how to do that. We don't have that awareness of how to do that. If you think about somebody who wins the lottery, for example, suddenly they're out of survival in, a, in an instant. So it's well known that they often go a little crazy. They lose all their money. They get divorced. There's all these upsets, new problems, because you suddenly have this need for emotional support. And what it would be for a woman is her insecurity to be reassured again and again. I love that your wife did that. And thanks for women. Besides asking, that's the biggest gift you can give a man. But there are things I'll just throw in here because I want little biohacks. When you're around your husband and he's talking, then say things like, what a good idea. That's it. You take spike of testosterone. Another one is, that makes so much sense. These are powerful phrases. You know, women will be thinking these things, but what do I have to say it for? Because it rings a bell for him. What a good idea. Or we'll be in front of, we'll be doing something. My wife will say, oh, John thought of that. Yeah, John thought of that. You know, it's a, not that I can't say Bonnie thought of that, but that's just going to raise testosterone in her, which is not that big of a big deal. You know, the, even, planning the 50th anniversary vacation, whatever that was, uh, not anniversary, but her birthday, 50th birthday. I just saw the joy in her face when she could show the pictures and they would all, women would always say, how did, who decided, where did you find that? She said, oh, John found that. John got the deal. John spent two weeks, you know, show a little effort. Women like to see men toil, you know, put forth some effort. It used to be women didn't care about effort towards her. 
because the basic need was survival. So he's away working. So I have no complaints. But as soon as he's away working and she's away working, <laughs> then, hey, what, what are you doing ignoring me? You know, the emotional needs become very, very important to meet. And, and, and often women think that to get what they need from a man, he has to be like a girlfriend. Because, see, women don't have as many girlfriends as they used to have. Someone you can just share with. They're busy working all day. You can have women you work with, but it's not like having a girlfriend where you're talking about your complaints and your feelings and other people's stories. You know, it's all just what men often call small talk. A lot of small talk, and yeah. we don't need that so much. And we got men. We do. We do any behaviors that women would think is a waste of time. <laughs> that actually, that's the whole idea of men in their cave. You know, regardless of how much women go out into the world and come back. Men need their cave time. Women need their talk time. They're just not always aware of it. Okay, so there's kind of a guilt for men to take time for themselves. Their wives might feel like, don't are you ignoring me or whatever. It's to have a clear conscience, a clarity. As a guy, I, I work. I'm out there making a difference. And if I'm successful, I feel really good. If I'm not always successful, I'm stressed. To whatever extent I was stressed, my testosterone levels will drop. At the end of the day, when the sun sets, I need to restore my testosterone levels. I need to rebuild them. And yet I can't go back to work and solve that problem. So what we do is we have this amazing ability to forget work. Now, a lot of young men are losing that. But if you have testosterone, yep. you have the ability to say, all right, nothing I can do about it. Forget it. And that's why we make the mistake with women when they're upset about something. They say, oh, honey, just forget it. <laughs> Hey, let's have sex. Doesn't work that yeah. way. Doesn't work yeah, that way. It does not, does not work. Uh, they they often need to talk about it. And there's ways they can learn to talk about what's going on inside of them that within 10 minutes can be like a 50-minute therapy session. That, that's yep. another biohack. I don't think I have time to talk about that one, but it's in the book you're reading. It's the whole thing about when you talk to your husband, you could say, oh, there was so much traffic on the bridge. The computer broke down. I had to talk to so-and-so. They weren't there. That's a nice sharing experience. That would produce a little estrogen in a woman if you said to her, help me understand that better. Oh, what else happened? Tell me more. If you do that, then she will produce more estrogen and feel better afterwards. So like those things that she wanted to talk about, she doesn't have to continue talking about it, thinking about it, because she should have shared it with you and it's done. Get it out of me, so to speak. Well... You can do that and put a man to sleep, okay, because it's, it's hard for him to connect to the things you just said. They're problems that maybe you have that he wouldn't consider it a big deal. So what you can do with every, every one of those little statements is, you know, there's so much traffic on the bridge. I was completely frustrated. This one person in front of me, they were going so slow. Can't believe how frustrating it is. Okay, frustration. Every man knows frustration. So now I'm connected to you, even if it's not about the person driving or whatever. Then, then you and I, so I realized now she's talking. I realized I was late. I was going to go pick up the kids. They had to wait there. I was so disappointed. If only had the Brit had worked, it, I would have been able to make my appointment or the computer that broke down. So I got was delayed, had to reschedule something. It was so disappointing. That's an emotion. So frustration and you can even be this person in front of me. I hated them. I was angry. Okay. You can bring it to anger, but start with frustration. I was so disappointed. It reminded me of something else. I've, you know, I can say anytime something disappointed me, even for me, and when I go to my emotions, I can say, immediately goes, and I feel sad. My wife isn't here. <laughs> my, my wife that died. You know, it, it can always go a little deeper, but you can stay superficial, even just saying, I was so disappointed because I thought I was going to get there and then this would happen. See, that makes the conversation, pulls him right in. Another is, 
frustration. Anytime there's a frustration, there's always some disappointment inside. I didn't get there on time, for example. And then another one is, I was so concerned and I was even afraid. See, concerned. Whenever you're upset, there's always a concern. Anytime a woman has any stress, there's a concern. So it's like, you know, and I, I came home, I was late, you know, and, and my daughter, so-and-so, she's, she's, you know, having that cold. I'm concerned, is it going to get worse? Should I talk to the doctor? Should I call them? Should I just use our echinacea? What's, what do you think? You know, basically bring concern or even fear as long as those negative emotions are not about him. Mm. They, this is such a breakthrough. People, women say, you say we have to talk, but I talked to my husband, he didn't want to listen. Well, that's because, <laughs> it's because you're complaining about him. And even though you don't mean to sound like you're complaining about him, he'll hear it as criticism. Anytime yeah. you even say to a man, well, you should do this and this and this, I can do that. You know, <laughs> it can it can be heard as criticism. So that's why men don't listen. So how to communicate in a way that man can hear. And of course, if there's something he's doing that's bothering you, first look at the stress, other stresses in your life and still see if what he's doing is bothering you. And then when you do communicate that to him, don't, don't blame him but you, you know what women often think the only way to get you to you're stepping on my foot you're stepping on my foot it hurts you're stepping on my foot immediately he's going to go into an excuse and you're not going to feel hurt now what would be feeling hurt is oh i'm so sorry but he'll, he'll go but i didn't mean to and and you know you you put your foot there first and that's what happened and you know it's not such a big deal you shouldn't have been walking barefoot whatever it is <laughs> he'll have some response because men have to be right now, I do say to men in communication, don't be right, do the right thing. Don't be mm. right, do the right thing. And suddenly your estrogen goes up and she goes, you know, he even steps on my foot and I love him. That's what you want. Okay. And when the woman, when the, when the woman does want you to stop stepping on her foot, you basically, instead of saying, you stepped on my foot again, try this. When he steps on your foot, honey, next time, would you not step on my foot? Done. Inform him. That's what communication is. It's information. And the louder you make your information, the more he'll forget it. If you, you even say, you know, it's not a really big deal, but it hurts when you step on my foot, but you not do it. That, that's another version, which is tone it down. When you have a request, which is, honey, would you remember to do this? It feels so good when you do. It's not really that big a deal, but it does feel good. Boom. That lands in a man. He has no resistance to that. He, he just takes it in. These are such powerful hacks. It's just one little tweak in what, what you say. Instead of like, don't step on my foot. It's like, honey, next time, would you not step on my foot? <laughs> it's not such a big deal. Anytime, you, see, his, the animal part of our brain, like the same part that just wants pleasure for sex, the animal part of the brain thinks that if I am, amplify my emotional response, I'll have a bigger response out there. Okay, so like a gorilla, who, who, who gets it big. See, he's manipulating you or the person who's crying. You don't want to hurt them. You know, next time you're going to be more sensitive to them. I'm so sorry. You know, you get an apology from somebody. Uh, I'm afraid. I'm so scared. Okay, I'll protect you. Get people protecting you. Feeling guilty. I feel so bad. People will trust you more. So this is the primitive part of the brain. If we use those emotions to change the outer world, to solve our problems, then those emotions, those reactivity gets stronger and stronger and you find yourself overreacting all the time. You don't yep. want to use negative emotions to change somebody, but you can use negative emotions because they're there to share with your partner if they can hear it without feeling blamed. So here's the key. If you want your husband to listen to you, ladies, there's another biohack. It's another signal. Okay. Men, when they go hunting for thousands of years, you can't talk. We're quiet. We signal each other. 
So this, oh, pulling this is like a baseball signal. But no, the, the, another signal for that one is if you do this, this means I need to talk for 10 minutes. Would you ask me what's going on? Mm. Look at that, hand signal. Just, and it won't be more than 10 minutes. You know, a lot of times if a woman says, you know, we really need to talk, <laughs> men's blood pressure goes up already. His stress yeah. levels are going up, his ability to listen. But if you go like this as a signal, uh, then what can happen is you say, well, what's going on? And then she sort of starts talking and your job at that point, if you get the signal, it's only going to be 10 minutes. Ideally, it's not going to be about you. It's going to be about other things. Because I want women to know you can talk to him about your problems with him. His testosterone will go down. Your estrogen will go up for a little while and then it will go right down because he can't hear it. But if you talk about other things that are bothering you, frustration, disappointments, concerns, that he won't feel it's his fault. You, you have to figure that out. So just other things. Then if you share that, your estrogen levels will go up it will, it, and your stress will go down. It doesn't have to be about him. And then your feelings of him will be more positive. And then you can always say, and, and by the way, honey, next time would you do this? I, I love it when you do it like that. Sometimes you forget, but it's not a big deal. The concept of it's not a big deal never comes up into a woman's mind with a man. I explain that because animals have to intensify to get what they want. With a husband who yeah. loves you, who kneels before you, it's his sacred duty to be there for you. You know, this is what we do when we propose to a woman. Pushing at him just implies that he's not there. You want to bring out that guy. You want to pull it out. And it, we both need each other to do it. It's the it's she asks, he does. She appreciates, he will do more. Then he will need time to rest and relax. Okay, we always have that thing. We can't be on all the time. We have to have our cave time, or we do a, we we do a lot. We come back to ourselves. So the why women would never have the thought of it's no big deal. This is amazing because the worst thing a man can say to a woman when she's upset about something, honey, it's not a big deal. <laughs> but that's the best thing you can say to a man. You know, honey, yeah. would you remember to do this? Would you do this? Or would you help me out? It's not really a big deal. So this is the this is the thing which is is uh, I want to talk for ten minutes. This is the five minute request hand sign five minutes, and you can you do that sign. And what a man will do is he calculates in his mind it's only five minutes. Can I give the woman I love more than anybody else in the world who's given her heart to me who I want to make love with I share with with mother of my children? Can I give her five minutes a day? Five minutes. Most people, can, can you give your wife five minutes a day? Absolutely. No question about it. No, yeah. it's just in the yeah. context. So what women, one of the biggest estrogen producers in women, and they don't know this, most people have no idea this, is when you ask for help and someone responds instantly. Wow. That's the biggest thing there is. You know, that's why everybody loves farming. My daughters, everybody loves farming. You just... Uh, Firemen are the greatest. The alarm bell goes, they're in the, they're down the pole. They're in the truck. They go there. Immediate response to a request. So if it's a five minute, if it's something that won't take more than five minutes, most men will be willing to say, yes, I'm your emergency man. I'll do it right away. But the point of it, it's what she does is she asks for help, asking you to do something she could easily do herself but she's going to ask you to do it for her. So this is the whole idea of what romance is. If you look at dissect romance, man opens the door on a romantic day. Now, can she do that herself? Of course she can do that herself. 
So he opens the door. And so many women will now will say, oh, he didn't even open the door. Well, men don't know they're supposed to open the door. And don't assume that men today know any of your emotional needs, although continue to know it. The idea is grow up. You ask for what you want. Even in the Bible, it's, you know, wow. ask and it should be done. If you don't ask, it's not done. And for men, when it comes to success, take one step forward and 10 steps for you. You've got to take that step forward. That's the risk. You know, you can't just sit there and wait for someone to do it for you. Women, you just can't sit there and wait for a man to do it. I know it's very romantic because it's like having a daddy. You know, you get to have these childlike feelings of, oh, someone's taking care of me. Someone is taking care of you. But to be an adult, you have to just try it out, is to ask. And you ask and you think in your mind, what's easy for him to do that he could do within five minutes? Like one time, I remember the beginning of my marriage, Bonnie was so upset with me because she asked me to move a box by the door and the TV's right here and boxes here, TV's here. And I'm sitting there watching TV and she says, you know, honey, would you move the box now? And I'm like in the middle of a basketball game at the very end. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Now, why that's uh, kind of a, not a big deal is that she'd already asked me two or three times to move the box. So she waits until she's got, I'm right there at the end of a basketball game. She carries the box. But what she did is she carried the box, picked it up herself, which is what women do when they, when you, when they have to ask two or three times. Then they go, I'll just do it myself. And boom, the bank account goes down. What happens when they go into, I'll do it myself. Anytime you have that feeling, I'll do it myself, you're making testosterone. Anytime you feel mm -hmm. I have to do something, it's up to me. Testosterone gets produced. Is it wrong for women to feel testosterone? No, they need to make testosterone. But ideally, they should be making testosterone in circumstances where they feel supported and they're enjoying themselves, as opposed to unhealthy testosterone in women is nobody helps me, I'll do it myself. So her testosterone has gone up, her estrogen has gone down. She may have had the box moved, but now she's feeling resentful or not that happy or fulfilled in life. The little things make all the difference in relationships. So the the point being is how to get him to move that box. Well, during your five minutes, you say, honey, would you move the, would you move that box? And he's going to go right away. Happy to do it right now. Cause it's in a five minute window. My problem for many years was I would say, honey, just put it on the list, put it on the list, put it on the list. Cause I'm not motivated to do little things, but once there's eight things yeah. in the list that, that, that it's a big enough problem to get my testosterone going. I can't help it. I just don't have this motivation, but that will motivate me. Now, this motivates me because if you do five minutes, hey, I can jump up right now. It's done in five minutes. And I know my knowledge base, this is what women need to raise their estrogen levels. Very, very important. So sometimes women ask me in counseling, why is it that you, know, you can be such a good listener? I know it's only 50 minutes. I get paid. <laughs> And you're never complaining about me. If we could just bring that into our relationships, the five minutes <laughs> and never let it be about me. But when it is about me, first, balance your hormones so, so you don't have to make a big deal out of it. Second is make it a request. And they tend to remember those requests much, much more. And always end the request with, I really appreciate it. But it's not such a big deal if you forget. Man, I love that. You just put on a masterclass today. John, I know you have to run. Really quick, um, 
is some of the things you talked about all going to be, cause I, I want more, man. I'm like, okay, tell me more. Tell me more, John. Where I want to learn more about the scripts too. Cause you, you're like, oh, I got plenty of scripts. <laughs> is this found in the new coaching program that you've launched for coaches that want to add on to like someone like myself who helps men build unshakable marriages and deeper connection with their kids. Can I add this to my program and, and level my game? So we have a three month online coaching program for coaches and, and also for people want to be coaches. They, they often have an ongoing program, but if you're already coaching, it's just like upgrade your coaching program with the gender intelligence is how we call it, having the gender intelligence and all the biohacks. Now, the basic foundation course has been made over the last 20 years, so it has the foundation of all this, but every month I meet with all my coaches around the world. We do those big screen things, and I tell them my new biohacks. I tell you, there's no end to this. I just keep learning and figuring it out and so forth. Uh, and, and I'm starting to have, uh, I'm starting to teach more classes as well. Uh, eventually I hope to be doing more classes online where I can do my enlightened sexuality. Although I do have a, a basic great sex, uh, program at marsvenus.com. I have one, the best course we have at marsvenus.com is called understanding men. And that would be something your wife would do and you would do with her, even though mm. we don't say it's for couples. I don't say it because women would think, oh, I don't have a man to do it with. No, <laughs> it's really geared towards women, but men can learn what women don't know. See, that's a very yeah. important thing. And women, the whole course is for women to know what men don't know. Because otherwise, if you don't know men, then you assume he should do that. He should do that. And there's certain things that he, he can learn to do. And there's certain things he should do that you might think he shouldn't do. And I think I started out the show today with that one with uh, the whole thing of, of uh, women wanting their men to be everything, their girlfriend and, you know, their husband, their lover and all. You, you got to make sure she cannot become his mother, for example. So when, when I tell men not to complain to a woman about your day, because why? When you complain for a woman, her estrogen goes up and her complaints go away. But when a man's estrogen goes up, his testosterone goes down. So throughout time, men learn not to complain. Men learn not to be angry with women. If you are angry, another biohack is have, again, a context of, I need to think about this. We'll talk tomorrow at lunch. Just simply, it's always, she knows if he walks away, he comes back once he's cooled yeah. off. And she knows he's completely safe. One of the things Bonnie said to me, that I realized the importance of this biohack is one time I said, wait, I need to think about it, honey. And, and I'll, we'll talk tomorrow at lunch. When I came back next day at lunch, she said, honey, thank you so much for protecting me from your dragon. <laughs> that's it you know it's just to understand and that was a massive thing she said it, it just there's no guilt or shame i'm a bad husband whatever because women she understands that men get triggered just like women get triggered but for women go talk to somebody you're not upset with and for men take some time to rebuild your testosterone then reflect on what was bothering her and what was bothering you and come back as a open-hearted loving man yeah. So good. Last but not least, John Gray, where can people find you, learn more about you, whether it's social media, your website, tell us where we can get more John Gray in our life. Particularly MarsVenus.com. And we didn't have time to talk about it. Right at the top, it says, experience John's uh, elemental orotates. It's at Amazon, but it's a, a substance called lithium orotate with a lot of add-ons to it. And you can go and do a YouTube search for John Gray on lithium orotate. Nobody knows about it. It will stabilize moods. It's for every age. I know parents are giving it to their kids and doctors don't know anything about it. So, but it's completely safe because it's micro doses of something that the body needs. 
uh, doctors give it and the body does it, they get 500 times the dose. You don't need that. You just need the micro doses that everybody needs. And it's changed my life, changed the life of so many people. So you can hear my video on lithium orotate. And now I've got the upgraded one. And you can go to my website, marsvenus.com to push the button and you'll hear all, you'll be able an uh, explanation of the whole thing. Yeah, I'm definitely going to get some because I'm a stressed out guy and I could definitely use a yeah, little extra with them. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's amazing. John, thanks for being on the show and just being so gracious with your time. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you, Joel. Thank you.